Hi everybody, this is God's Had. Wanted to wish everyone a belated Happy New Year. Just returned last night from a trip uh, with the family. Much needed trip. First week the weather was horrible, but then uh, it improved. Hence the darker skin you. In any case, today I wanted to start off the new year by discussing the latest trials and tribulations of my good friend Jordan Peterson. Uh, he was recently asked by the Ontario, I can't remember, the the Ontario College of Psychologists to uh, partake in some mandatory uh, social media training uh, because, you know, he, he engages in wrong think. He says things that upset someone. And uh, if he doesn't, well, there would be repercussions. So what I thought I would do is I would read for you uh, his, um, the article that he wrote in the National Post. I might skip some parts and I'll post the link to the, um, to the article. So here we go. So Jordan Peterson, I will risk my license to escape social media re-education. The Ontario College of Psychologists wants to retrain me to behave properly. And this should concern everyone. The practice of psychology in Ontario and in many other North American and Western jurisdictions is subject to regulation by professional colleges, essentially governmental organizations with a mandate to protect the public from misconduct on the part of physicians, lawyers, social workers, dentists, pharmacists, teachers, architects, and many others, including and most relevant to me, clinical psychologists. As you know, Jordan is a clinical psychologist by training and by profession. Anyone anywhere in the world can levy a complaint to these regulatory bodies for any reason, regardless of whether the complainant has had any direct contact with the professional in question. Uh, and actually, I should uh, relate this to some of my own uh, personal anecdotes. I've had people with whom I've interacted on Twitter contact my university and file a complaint against me. Uh of course, I defended myself in no unequivocal terms, the idea being that it, it is absolutely insane and hallucinatory that someone who lives in Australia with whom I'm engaging in a spicy exchange can decide that they don't like the way the exchange has gone and therefore files a complaint against me with my employer, my university. Uh, I discussed this uh, episode in The Parasitic Mind, but it's the exact same idea that uh, that someone should have purview over what you say, what you think, how you behave outside the context of the professional realm in which you are operating is insane, right? I mean, how could it be that some idiot on Twitter who doesn't like the way that our exchange is going, decides to file a complaint against me with my university. This wasn't under the guise of my professorial duties. This wasn't a student of mine in a classroom. But by virtue of the fact that I'm a public figure, he knows who my employer is, he then files a complaint. Uh, I, re I truly think that the laws should be updated to, uh, to include some sort of occupational harassment uh, mechanism 
Because otherwise, what happens to most professors? They say, well, I better not say anything anywhere because not only am I afraid of my employer or my colleagues or the gatekeepers within my field, I'm afraid that some random person who doesn't like what I just said on Twitter or Facebook will then file a complaint against me with my employer and therefore I better shut up. Well, I don't shut up, but believe me, most of my colleagues do shut up. So let's continue with the Jordan story. Uh, the respective colleges have the responsibility to determine whether each complaint is serious and credible enough to warrant further investigation. Complaints can be deemed vexatious or frivolous and dispensed with. When the college decides to move forward, it is a serious move, essentially equivalent to a lawsuit. The Ontario College of Psychologists, in fact, recommends legal counsel under such conditions. The Ontario College of Psychologists has levied a multitude of such lawsuits against me since my rise to public prominence six years ago, although none at all in the 20 years or so I practiced as a psychologist before that. This may seem like a lot, and, and quote, where there is smoke, there is fire, close quote, or so people think, but I might point out that it is difficult to communicate with as many people as I do and to say anything of substance without rubbing at least a few of them the wrong way now and then. And that's precisely, by the way, why most uh, professors certainly never say anything of any substance because they're afraid that if they say anything, someone will be upset by it, disappointed by it, angered by it, offended by it, triggered by it, and therefore they keep quiet. They know that they should stay in their lane, do nothing other than their own you know, specialized research, never venture an opinion on anything because then someone will levy a complaint against you. That's not the type of society you want to live in if you consider yourself to be an enlightened free society. Let's continue with Jordan. For my crimes, I have been sentenced to a course of mandatory social media communication training with the college's so-called experts. Although social media communication training is not a scientific and certainly not a clinical specialty of any standing. I'm to do so at my own expense, some hundreds of dollars per hour, and for a length of time that is to be determined only by those retraining me and profiting from doing so. How will this be determined? When those very re-educators, those experts, have convinced themselves that I have learned my lesson and will behave properly in the future. Uh, then he shares a, a tweet. I won't read all of it. But again, think about how Orwellian this is. There is a board who decides you're acting inappropriately. The complaint is not coming from one of your patients. It's not coming from one of your uh, students. It's not coming from one of your colleagues. It's not, un it's not for behavior that you engaged in while wearing the hat of a clinician or a professor. Someone was offended somewhere. They levy a complaint against you. That is insanely chilling. If I agree to do this, then I must admit that I have been unprofessional in my conduct and to have that noted publicly, even as the college insists that I am not required to admit to any wrongdoings. If I refuse, and I have, of course, refused, the next step is a mandatory public disciplinary session inquiry and the possible suspension of my clinical license, all of which will be also announced publicly. I should also point out that the steps already taken constitute the second most serious possible response to my transgressions on the part of the college. I have been placed in the category of repeat offender with high risk of further repetition. I mean, think about the term repeat offender. This is this is terms reserved for you know people who 
beat their spouses, right? Repeat domestic abuser or repeat recidivist pedophile for repeatedly engaging in wrong think Jordan Peterson is really at high recidivist risk he may repeatedly state his own opinions as though now wait listen to this as though he's a free individual with personal agency entitled to his own opinions that's insane we can't tolerate that in a free society we can't have psychologists expressing their personal opinions on political matters, for example. That's insane. What exactly have I done that is so seriously unprofessional that I am now a danger not only to any potential, any new potential clients, but to the public itself? It is hard to tell with some of the complaints. One involved the submission of the entire transcript of a three-hour discussion on the Joe Rogan podcast. But here are some examples that might produce some reasonable concern among Canadians who care about such niceties as freedom of belief, conscience, and speech. I retweeted a comment made by conservative leader Pierre Poilievre about the unnecessary severity of the COVID lockdowns. Already, not only is he retweeting a conservative politician, that's a big no-no. That is triggering. How could you be a serious clinical psychologist and not be support of the Liberal Party? Right there, revoke his license. Number two, he's questioning some of the COVID lockdown measures. And we all know that whatever is the official COVID governmental policy is what science is. And anyone else who doesn't uh, you know, fall in line then must be an anti-science denier. We can't have clinical psychologists being anti-science deniers. Incidentally, so much of the mental health therapy is pure bullshit quackery. Not, of course, not, not Jordan. But much of the mental health profession is founded on anything but science. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons, as I explained in my forthcoming book, why I decided not to go into either psychiatry or, or, or more like clinical psychology. At least psychiatry, you can subscribe, uh, you can prescribe some drugs, uh, even though much of psychiatry itself has historically been read in, in quackery. Uh, but in, in when it comes to... Uh, clinical interventions as the uh, famous author Robin Dawes wrote uh, a book called House of uh, I think it was called House of Cards uh, the idea being that much of psycho, psycho um, therapeutic interventions are rooted in complete quackery nonsense as someone who was very scientifically minded I wasn't sure that I wanted to spend my career being a clinician uh, when so many of the interventions are not very you know, clearly founded on sound scientific principles. Some are, cognitive behavior therapy is, but a lot of the other stuff, some of the most famous uh, clinical psychologists and psychiatrists in throughout the history of the field have been complete bullshit quack, quack people. So in any case, I retweeted a comment by conservative leader Pierre Poilier about the unnecessary severity of the COVID lockdowns. I criticized Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. That, that itself should get your license revoked. Who in their right mind would criticize someone as reasoned and uh, a true hero like Justin Trudeau? Only a crazy person would, and that's why a crazy person should not be a clinical psychologist. I criticize Justin Trudeau's former chief of staff, Gerald Butts. So even there's there's criticism 
you know, in terms of not by proxy, but by proximity. And so therefore, not only is it wrong to criticize Justin Trudeau, you shouldn't criticize anybody within Justin Trudeau's, you know, sphere. I criticized an Ottawa city councillor and I made a joke about the prime minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, who is the female version of Justin Trudeau. I did all that, quote, disrespectfully, by the way, in a horrific manner that spread misinformation that was, quote, threatening and, quote, harassing. A lot of these uh, labels are in quotes. That was, quote, embarrassing to the profession. I'm also, there are separate offenses, sexist, transphobic, incapable of the requisite body positivity in relationship to morbid obesity. This is in reference to when Jordan put out a tweet. I think that's what you know caused him to leave Twitter uh, last year, where he said, sorry, but this is not attractive in reference to a woman who, who was clearly overweight. So he doesn't have a right to his opinion on what constitutes, uh, you know, an attractive uh, phenotype. Let alone that as a clinical psychologist, he's perfectly in the right to say, you know what, why don't you assume personal agency, try to be thinner, because if we know anything in medicine, that is that there are many negative downstream effects of being obese. And those negative downstream effects are certainly outweigh the, you know, kumbaya, body positivity, beautiful and healthy at any size. I lost 86 pounds. My blood pressure is certainly better. My back is much better. My already legendary sexual performance when I was overweight has only improved to legendary status. So being thinner, all other things equal is better. But he's not allowed to say that. He's supposed to say, you're 500 pound walrus, you go girl. And unforgivably of all a climate change denialist. You say that we're about to die in seven days due to climate change. Otherwise, you're a science denier. Every single one of these accusations and now, and now accepted evidence of my professional misconduct is independent of my clinical practice. Again, note, he is being reported to the, uh, you know, the whatever it's called, the Association of Ontario Psychologists, because he's a clinical psychologist. But his position on climate change has nothing to do with that. But you can't be a clinical psychologist and not believe that Justin Trudeau is the savior and not believe that Jacinta Ardern, that idiot from New Zealand, is the savior down under. You can't say that climate change is not an existential threat. I'm surprised that they didn't levy any complaints against him for not being more hateful towards Donald Trump. Maybe that's forthcoming. Let's see. Which, by the way, has been suspended since 2017, meaning that his clinical practice, he hasn't practiced since 2017, when my rising notoriety or fame made continuing as a private therapist practically and ethically impossible. Every single accusation is not only independent of my clinical practice, but explicitly political. And not only that, unidirectionally explicitly political. Every single thing I have been sentenced to correction for saying is insufficiently leftist politically. I'm simply too classically liberal or even more unforgivably conservative. For criticizing our prime minister and his cronies and peers for retweeting Pierre Poilievre, 
the leader of the official opposition in Canada, and for holding and for daring to express reprehensible political views, I have now been convicted by the College of Psychologists of, quote, harming people in some manner serious enough to justify my forced re-education. Now that I have refused, I will definitely face further exceptionally public, demanding, time-consuming, and expensive disciplinary action, including the suspension of my license. This despite the fact that none of the people whose complaints are being currently pursued were ever clients of mine. I mean, imagine how chilling that is. Or even new clients of mine, or even knew or were acquainted with any of the people they claim I am harming. This despite the fact, and please attend to this, that half the people who levied such complaints falsely claimed that they had in fact been or currently are clients of mine. So they're lying. The complainants are lying. But so what? Let's go on. It may be of some interest to note that I wrote to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau this week informing him of the situation. Here's the letter for public consideration, which by necessity repeats some of what I've just covered in this introduction. I won't read it, but you can go ahead uh, to the article and read it yourselves. Uh, let me go on. Why should Canadians who read this care? Perhaps those reading in this country and elsewhere might ask themselves the following question, and in all seriousness, painful as it might be to do so, requiring as it does the almost unbelievable admission that something has gone dreadfully wrong in our lovely country. One, what makes you think that something similar won't happen to you or to someone you know and respect or even love? What makes you think you are going to continue to be able to communicate honestly with your physicians, lawyers, and psychologists and representatives of many other regulated professions if they are now so terrified of their regulatory boards that they can no longer tell you the truth? And again, let's bring it back to academia. Most professors are afraid to utter a single syllable out of place lest someone might file a complaint against them. That's in the context of, let's say, a classroom discussion. But most professors will certainly not venture any opinions on their social media because they know what will happen to them. Again, is this the type of society you want to live in? What are your children going to be taught when all their teachers, that's a regulated profession too, are so afraid of the woke mob? Okay, that's exactly what I just said. That they swallow all the ideological lies that are now required of pedagogues, regardless if they believe what they are saying. By the way, as you all know, I've been doing this for many, many years. I've been warning people about all this nonsense for several decades. If I were to publish a book only containing the emails that I've received from professors, from teachers, from students, from parents of students, documenting how terrified they are every moment of every day because someone's going to come after them for something that they may or may not say, that's not the kind of society you want to live in. Nothing is more important than fighting for the ethos of freedom. Again, freedom is not just freedom of speech that the government might infringe on. Freedom is it's an ethos. It's a culture. Are you supporting the culture that is necess necessary to f allow the flourishing of the free exchange of ideas? We're not. Where are we going to be if we allow criticism of the public figures charged with the privilege of our governance to be grounds for the demolition of not only the critics' reputation, but their very livelihood? How far are we willing to go down this road without forthright resistance? In any case, 
I'm not complying. I'm not submitting to re-education. I'm not admitting to my viewpoint, to my viewpoints, many of which have, by the way, been entirely justified by the facts that have emerged since the complaints were levied, were either wrong or unprofessional. He's not admitting to any wrongdoing. Well done, Jordan. I'm going to say what I have to say and let the chips fall where they will. I have done nothing to compromise those in my care. Quite the contrary, I have served all my clients and the millions of people I'm communicating with, the, with to the best of my ability and in good faith, and that's that. Again, I, I know Jordan for many years now as a personal friend. I can tell you that at the start of this past semester, uh, meaning in fall, I faced a very uh, difficult situation where there were there was some... Uh, threats on me uh some you know you know life or death difficult situations and within a second of finding about this through the grapevine jordan called me we had a very long conversation the man is a deeply empathetic person you know it, it it's it's astonishing how he is demonized because anyone who knows him never mind if you just you know, watch his stuff. Anyone who knows him knows that he's the exact opposite of everything that he is accused of. He's a deeply caring, honorable person who will go down defending his friends. And this is why I do this clip because uh, I'm the same way. I will fight to the death uh, for all sorts of people, even people that I don't know if I feel that they are being... Uh, if their rights are being violated. But in this case, Jordan is a personal friend and it angers the, the living shit out of me that someone has to, you know, face such garbage. Let's go on. And to the College of Psychologists, I issued this challenge. I am absolutely willing to make every single word of this legal battle fully public so that the issue of my professional competence and my right to say what I have to say and stand by my words can be fought in full daylight. I would and could post all the correspondence with and accusations levied by those who complained about me and the college itself public and will do so if the college agrees. But I can't on legal grounds justified in normal times but rendered species by the dominion of the politically correct and radical. I can't because of this and because it is not in the interest of the college or the complainants, they are sheltering and abetting to allow it. They'll cite confidentiality concerns for their refusal because it's 100% okay for them to come after me publicly while they and those who complained hide cravenly and cowardly behind the wall of self-serving and self-protective silence. Exactly right. And this, of course, does little but embolden those who have learned to weaponize college disciplinary processes and to give the accuser and his or her lackeys the upper hand, practically and legally. And such weaponization risks placing all of all our once justly trusted institutions firmly in the hands of those willing and able to manipulate them for reasons both political and personal. The sad and sorry state of this once great dominion at the dawn of 2023 and is still going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, on a related note, uh, I think it was yesterday, I posted a clip, uh, a tweet where I said, look, if I were to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the tweet, if I were to, uh, question the efficacy of the vax, uh, the COVID vax vaccinations, I'm labeled a Himmler. By the way, I got vaxxed. But if I question, wait a second, uh, the efficacy as we were promised doesn't seem to, to, to be veridical. And if I question that, I'm labeled Himmler by the pro-vax people. 
if I then go ahead and say, maybe we're jumping the gun for in the tragedy that just happened uh, in the football game uh, where I think the gentleman's name, I'm going on top of my head, Damar Hamlin, where, uh, you know, he had to uh, be resuscitated twice due to a cardiac, cardiac arrest following a hit. If I say, well, you know, let's wait and see whether that's because of uh, the vax issue. It's 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 inappropriate to presume that it is that. Not every cardiac arrest that happens. I know of many, many cases of very supposedly healthy, certainly soccer players, where they've had cardiac arrests before COVID happened. You know, it, it could be due to that. It could not be due to that. For simply calling for epistemological temperance and epistemic humility, I was labeled a Himmler. So if I question the efficacy of the Vax vaccine, I'm Himmler. If I question the idea that that what just happened in the football game was it might not be due to the vaccines, I am labeled a Himmler. Now, in this case, it wasn't someone complaining about me, you know, uh, to my employer. But if you see the vitriol I received, I don't know, thousands and thousands, someone who doesn't have the personhood to simply go F off, right? And I go about enjoying my time with my family on vacation. Well, you could imagine that they would be cowed into silence because they'd say, look, I, I don't I don't have the strength of character to withstand thousands and thousands of people coming after me on social media. So for all sorts of reasons, whether it be for people wrongly complaining about you to your employer or people, you know, attacking you on social media, you create an ethos that is contrary to the fundamentals that are necessary to live in a free society where you promote and condone the free exchange of ideas. Okay, It's wrong. It doesn't lead to good outcomes. Much of history is defined by societies where people couldn't say what they believed and what they thought. That's the default value of human realities. And for a bleep of history in the West, We've had this wonderful system where for a little bleep in history, we were able to express ourselves freely. And now we are losing it. We are reverting to the default value. But rather than it being some autocrat or emperor or sultan or king saying, you better shut up or I'll behead you, it's the mob. It's frivolous lawsuits. It's frivolous complaints. It's contacting your employer. It's the e-mob. It's all sorts of mechanisms that slowly eat away and erode our, the, as I said, the ethos of free inquiry and freedom of speech. Jordan, I'm right there with you, buddy. I will support you in any way that I can. Anyone should support uh, what Jordan is going through, whether you like what he says or you disagree with what he says. That's the whole point about supporting deontological principles. Remember, I've said this many times. And I explained it in the parasitic mind. The ontological ethics is where there are absolute truths that cannot be violated. The, the concept of presumption of innocence is a deontological one, right? And that's why I was very angry with Sam Harris, because he violated deontological principles repeatedly for consequentialist reasons. It doesn't matter if you shut Donald Trump's ability to communicate. He's simply too dangerous to allow him to communicate. It doesn't matter that Brett Kavanaugh didn't get his due date in court when it comes to the uh, attacks against him and the accusations against him. In this case, it's simply too important to not 
take those accusations seriously. It wasn't a a trial. It was a job interview. It doesn't matter if uh, the journalists and social media companies suppressed the Hunter Biden story because it was too important to ensure that Joe Biden became president again instead of Donald Trump. That's what your intellectual hero Sam Harris said. There is nothing more grotesque than that. Deontological principles cannot be violated. Jordan Peterson, notwithstanding that he is a clinical psychologist, has personal agency, has personal dignity. He has the right to express his opinions in any way that he wants. And to argue that his positions are so grotesque, so offensive, that he can no longer be a viable clinician is just one of many, many ways by which you silence public figures. I'm with you, Jordan. Love you, buddy. Happy New Year, everybody. Cheers.